Cavalcade Audio Productions presents Star Drifter, the science fiction audiobook series written and read by David Collins Rivera. Today's story, Cherchez la Femme. worst part was that they wouldn't let him have any booze. Sure, it was almost over, but the hangover was killer. The worst he could remember. Hair of the dog would set the galaxy straight. Make the stars shine again. Come on! He voiced his complaint for the thousandth time, and young Officer Greenhill gritted her teeth, letting out a patience-gathering sigh. The release order comes through at zero hundred, you know that. Only have ninety minutes to wait, Euler. Ninety long minutes. For all of us, believe me. The old man grimaced, whistling as he panted, face pressed against the detention mesh. He needed a shave and a bath, but was free of the DTs, thanks to a moderate dose of Tozadan, just about the only medication they were legally allowed to administer without consulting a medico. It had been Officer Fanette Greenhill's decision to do so that had even given Euler enough coherence to be begging like a dog now. Despite the law, it was NTPD policy for the officer on duty, or OOD, to submit a verbal request to the auxiliary post's AI so it could evaluate the displayed symptoms and adjudicate accordingly. They'd gotten a memo earlier in the week, though, to stop using that thing until a scheduled software upgrade from HQ was conducted sometime after the holiday. Instead, medical questions were to be called in to emergency services, so there'd be an independent record, which would then pipe it over to whomever was on duty in the ER at Van Hammond Health and Wellness Center, seven kilometers along the ring to Anti-Spinward. That medical specialist would get back to the OOD as soon as possible, maybe in only an hour or three, if the hospital wasn't too busy. The young officer had had the same basic medico training as everyone else on the force, and knew what the onset of delirium tremens looked like and what to do about it. Once she was well and truly sick of hearing Euler moan, plead, and cry, that's exactly what she did. The DTs could be deadly, she later wrote in her shift report, so waiting hadn't been advisable. The worst of his symptoms, and therefore complaints, were over now, but he was still dying of thirst. She could run out and get him a little something-something, maybe. And when she didn't, she was a miserable little brat. But, oh, no, she wasn't. He was sorry, so sorry. She was a good girl, a good cop and there were so darn few of those in the galaxy. Right next door to the police annex post was a roller shed for storage of the fast little response cars favored by the force. It had a side door that opened into the tiny little cop station, and a noise from back there drew the woman away. There were several loud voices going back and forth, but one with a deep timber hovered above the others. 
Take it up with a judge on three-day. Courthouse is closed until then. You've got to be kidding. You know what they're doing here, Sheltie. Can't just breeze into town and kick the station over because you don't like how people live their lives. He's a criminal. It's no secret. You're the one in custody, Ejok. Now it's Remembrance Day weekend. Four-day celebration. One advice? Soon as free, use that ticket they gave you. Pay the fine and leave Neutrinian. Leave Jarden's system. No one will stop you. How'd they get to you, Sheltie? You, of all people! There was a pause and a little clanging as of metal gates opening and closing. Then the arresting officer's deep voice rose above it all once again. OOD. This man is pinched. Here's ident files in the system, including charges. Stubborn, but nonviolent. Sheltie! Behave, Ejok, asking you to let this go. For old time's sake, or as a favor to me, whatever works. Wait the weekend out, then go away, and don't come back. There was more scuffling, more shouts, and then silence for a while as the officer on duty processed the newcomer. That could be a fast job or a slow one, depending upon available information and the degree of cooperation the detainee offered. Apparently, after Sheltie, whoever that was, left the annex with a frustrated slam of the side door, this Ejok fellow calmed down. Maybe he realized he was all on his own, which would have put the long weekend into perspective. When they finally came around the corner, Greenhill was leading a fairly short, round man, maybe in his late 40s or early 50s. He had black hair, buzzed close and just going gray at the temples, and a goatee, sans mustache, also with a touch of silver. He wore a dark green flight suit, implying he was a spacer, and must have been in some kind of scuffle within the last week since there was a scab on his lower lip and purple bruises just showing under the olive skin of his left cheek. He was in tape cuffs, hands behind his back. Can count on you to keep it down, sir? The young woman asked, braced for a snide comment or insult. Yes, you can, the prisoner replied simply, even calmly. Inspector Sheltonov locked off my communications implants, so it looks like I've got nothing but time. I'd rather it was quiet. That's good, she agreed, then activated the mesh gate of the cell with a verbal call to the AI. Stay seated, Euler, please. I know the drill, Fan. Been doing this longer than you've been alive. Ejok entered, and the gate closed behind. Greenhill then had him back up to the dynamic mesh and formed a small hole in its center so he could put his hands through. She removed the cuffs with a parting tool, then closed the hole back up. Thereafter, the officer encouraged her new prisoner to get comfortable, told him food would arrive at 0800 hours, and walked back around the corner. The man just stood there, rubbing his wrists and looking lost. Hi, Euler offered. Hi. I'm Cree Hunin, but call me Euler. Ejak de Santos. Ejak. Where are you from, Ejak? Here. That surprised the older man, and he showed it plainly, 
Yeah? Took you for a traveling man. Flight suit, soft shoes, and a spacer's tone to your talk. I've been gone a while, he admitted. What brought you back home, Ejok? I thought I knew. Now I'm not sure. Oh, been there before, the old man laughed, showing yellow teeth. Upper bunk free? Yep, so's this one in a little bit. Have a seat. And he scooted over on the thin mattress to make room. The spacer still looked around, appearing rather tired now that the excitement was wearing off. Euler tried again. My 48's just about up. Can't wait. Man, alive, but I've got a thirst. That's how got in here to begin with, Euler, Officer Greenhill called from around the corner. This police annex really was a small place. Taking a swing at Jekka Hollings is what got me in here, he corrected. Lucky didn't swing back, came the reply. Would have taken your head right off. That girl's all kinds of jeans sculpted these days. Must stand two meters tall. 2.1. She tried to say she was 2.2, but I told her they don't make 2.2s that big. Things kind of went downhill from there. <laughs> Euler fell into a fit of coughing giggles, and even the unseen young officer around the corner snorted in mirth. The newcomer was still standing in the middle of the cell, apparently lost in thought. Piece of advice, kid, the old man said to him after a moment. If you can keep your head out of your troubles, the time goes faster. The short guy's glare was intense, clearly coming from some dark place a long way away, and it likely had little to do with the cell. Yet all at once he blinked and seemed to relax. Round shoulders sagged a bit, and he even sighed. You're right. Of course you're right. I'll take that seat, thank you. And he settled down with a short hiss of pain, favoring his left side. Ribs? <sighs> yeah, they're on the mend. Hate cracking ribs. Never fun. Couple days ago, was it? Were you in a fight? No, I was in a beating, Ejok said without irony. Sounds like a rough week, kid. The shorter man's grunt of reply was affirming, and Euler grinned. For me, too. Lost my job and home. For a moment, Ejok didn't seem to hear, but then he did, as if the words had just come to him from across a wide ravine. Really? That's... wow, that's a tough break. What happened? Kinda spacer are you, kid? asked Euler, because he was feeling distracted and wanted it to last. What's your spesh? Little bit of everything these days, I guess. Me? I'm a lick hand. Nothing but. Liquid cargo specialist? What grade? Twelfth, Euler replied proudly. Ejok showed confusion. Cargo grades only go up to ten. Not when I started, they didn't. <coughs> the old man laughed out loud, which turned into a deep, moist cough. 
It went on long enough to make Ejax smack him on the back in concern, and young Greenhill to come around the corner. Euler, she queried, not dying on me, are you? His lean, craggy face was almost purple, but he gave the officer a thumbs up, even as he hacked out Flem. Ejok grabbed a few tissues from the fresher station at the back of the cell and gave them to the sick man. Officer Greenhill didn't move, looking worried. Need new organs, Euler, she scolded. All that drinking? You need new everything. Hey, I just got my liver pickled the way I like it, he replied between gasps, still grinning. Greenhill shook her head in exasperation, warned him to take it easy until he was out of her hair, and retreated to her hidden perch. Yeah, in the old days, cargo went up to grade 15, the old man continued, once he could breathe again. But you had to be in management to make it to the top of the chain. Twelve was as high as a hand, like me, could go. When the new regs came in, when was that now, uh, 35, 40 years ago? Well, they couldn't just strip people of their ranks. Alliance would have had a mutiny on their hands. I mean, they tried, but it didn't fly. Instead, for us old-timers, they grandfathered the original ranking system and capped it off. Anyone who came in after that had to use the new one. Wow, Ejok exclaimed, clearly surprised. I've held cargo grades for over 20 years myself, but I never heard about that. Well, it got hard for people to find work once the big companies came in, because they'd only hire through the new system. The union set up these conversion services and got most folks switched over eventually. Real hassle for a while, though. You didn't have to? The round man asked, thoroughly engrossed in this hitherto unknown aspect of his own profession's history. Nope, not everyone did. If you had a long-term slot on a ship or a station somewhere, there was no reason to go through the trouble. I was on Laureen's dance for nigh on fifty years. Liquid tanker ship, moving AAA filtered methane mostly, high-grade stuff, research quality, the best. Sometimes mixed organic moths too, though. That'd be like a water hall. Hate those. Gotta line the tank special and clean it all out later, big pain. Wait, the other man interrupted. You said that you lost your job and home this week. Did you just get bounced? After 50 years? How could they do that? What's the union say? No, see... Euler smiled then, tried to smile. It didn't last, and he didn't finish the sentence. You retired! Congratulations! Yeah, guess I'm retired. That's the right way to look at it. He laughed still without smiling and seeming to be watching a life that wasn't there anymore. Ejok watched it too, it seemed, because after a long spate of silence, he asked quietly, When did your ship get decommissioned? The old man jumped as if slapped. You know about that? How? Fifty years on the same dedicated liquid hauler? That ship would have been old. They don't even make those anymore. Modulars and super haulers own that entire side of the business. 
Yeah, Laureen's old route is covered by a mod now. Couple of them, in fact, going every which way. Whole business is turned over. Times change, you know. That's what Sheila Lightfoot said last week when word came down. She did HR on Laureen. Old ship, she said. Too inefficient, inflexible, expensive to run and keep up. So they sold out to some new company. Contracts, route, all of it. But those were the only parts of the operation that the company wanted. They didn't need some old thing like Laureen. Superannuated was the word. Fanat, how much time? Dying! Under an hour now, Euler, the woman replied, sticking her head around the corner. Can't process you until the time's up. Who'd know, girl? Come on, have a heart! If walked out of here before the release order comes through, the system would mark you as a fugitive and generate a warrant automatically. End up over an HQ by morning, you would, with all the lowlifes. Treat like a jailbreaker. Want that? And would fire me for doing it? Just gotta stick this out a while longer, then you can go drink yourself blind. If only... Euler spat back. But not to her, to the universe. He tapped his forehead harshly. If only I could be blind! Up here! What am I ever gonna see, Fan? I'll see her! I'll miss her! Everywhere I go, I'll look for her! He was blubbering now, and as dark-faced as before when he was choking. Ejok just sat there, awkwardly patting the broken man's bony knee. Can't hit that oiler, the girl pleaded. She'd been hearing this for some time, yet amazingly, magically, still appeared to care. I'm sorry, really am. Dad was a spacer, got pushed out, and he couldn't find work. Empathize, but can't change it for you. Couldn't change it for him. Wish could, but I can't. How do I live? How do I live anymore? My girl is gone. She'll be scrapped, wrecked, cut for parts. <laughs> the thought was overwhelming, and the man held his face in both hands, as if to hold the pain within, even while it poured out. Ejok was obliged to grab many more tissues, and he exchanged pained, helpless looks with the young officer, who now stood in front of the cell, as powerless as her prisoners. Come on, Euler, please don't, she whispered, tears of her own forming in red-rimmed eyes. Ejok wasn't crying, but he wasn't laughing, or interrupting, or even trying to console the man. Gotta get you into an addiction program. Must be I asked you a hundred times. This ain't booze, he challenged, taking his hands away, stringing mucus and saliva. I lived on that ship since I was fifteen. Younger than you are now, Fan. I was a street rat. No family. No prospects. I had to lie about my age to get the berth. It's... It's the only home I've ever had. The only job. I know that ship like it was my own shoes. Like my tongue knows the inside of my mouth. 
How is some counselor going to help me through that? How is some group program going to program all that out of me? Why would I want it to? Still alive, Euler? I lived my life there on that ship on Loreen. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and he was sobbing again, coughing and purple-faced again. Ejok held the old man around the shoulders, and Officer Greenhill held on to the mesh in front of her, since it was as close as she could get. The hour passed, as such hours always have. Ejok was able to get the old man cleaned up after a bit, even coaxing him to wash his face. The younger fellow spent a whole minute trying to straighten the other's thin flight jacket, which was dirty and as rumpled as the rest of him. The attempt mattered more than the result, of course, and Euler didn't fight. There you are, the fat spacer complimented. He fussed with a collar, then stepped aside so that young Officer Greenhill, still watching through the mesh, could inspect their efforts. What do you think? Young man in a hurry, am I right? Right as hope, she agreed, smiling. Sure enough, you'll do great, Euler, sure enough. And help any way I can. A soft alert tone sounded from that hidden workstation, and the woman stepped away for a moment before returning. Ready? The elderly spacer hadn't spoken since his meltdown, and chose not to even now. Instead, he threw a fast, clumsy hug around the younger man, then stood upright, lean and tall, like a soldier at attention. He closed his eyes, clenched them closed, and nodded. been listening to Cherchez La Femme, written and read by David Collins Rivera. You can contact me at lostinbronx at gmail.com. That's L-O-S-T-N-B-R-O-N-X at gmail. You can also check out my site at cavalcadeaudio.com and sign up for my newsletter. The Star Drifter theme is a piece called Icor by Trunks and can be found on soundcloud.com. The Cherche La Femme theme is called Suspended Echoes by AJ00200 and is available on dig.ccmixter.org. Cherche La Femme is a work of fiction and is not based upon nor meant to portray any person, living or dead, nor any particular place or situation. This story is copyright 2017 by the author and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. Feel free to use it for any purpose, even commercial, and I encourage you to do so. Thank you for listening. Take care.